This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. The food and restaurant industry has changed quite a bit in the last decade and is expected to continue to change. And obviously, as many of you know, the push of food-related TV shows has moved interest and expectations of consumers higher as well. But what may be interesting for you to know is that this massive industry hasn't exactly been, in years past, warm to the idea of using analytics. But those times are changing. Uh, joining us right now is the founder of Avero, who is uh, Damien Mugavaro, who is a restaurant analytics software company. He's also the author of a new book out this week called The Underground Culinary Tour, How the New Metrics of Today's Top Restaurants Are Transforming at How America Eats. And Damien joins us on the show right now. Damien, welcome. Good morning. Great to have you, sir. Uh, Great to have be here. Give us a little uh, background as to why analytics was was maybe a little bit of a hard adoption by the restaurant industry. The the restaurant industry is a very artistic and creative industry, and it's something that um, has always um, a little bit slow to embrace uh, technology in the past, but that really is all changing. And the um, the underground culinary tour is really the backstory of how the experience transformed by two big things. One is the use of data and technology, and the second is the adaptation of trends from the foodie generation. Restaurant tours doing these two things, I call them new guard restaurant tours. So the book actually reveals the magic behind the scenes is data. Right. Well, how, your company now obviously has been in operation for several years, and from what I was reading now, uh, the interest in using this type of technology is worldwide. Why is it so important for these companies to have this technology? Well, look, it, um, it's like Moneyball for restaurants. And um, you know, I'll give you one example. Um, you know, just how you have a baseball card. Um, and it has things like runs batted in yep. on base percentage. Yep. So a server scorecard that shows how often you're selling uh, a server selling appetite on, you know, it's called item per cover or bottles of wine. Um, turns. And so this enables the restaurants to focus on key areas to train their staff and uh, really um, and on certain menu items. And what that does is it provides um, top line revenue and a more consistent guest experience. You Actually, it's interesting, uh, in the book, at least in the uh, in introduction of the book, you relay an interesting story uh, about a gentleman you talked to uh, at, it, with the Harris Entertainment Group and just how he kind of—I mean, he's somebody that you know wasn't an MBA, but he had this massive job that he was taking on, and just— Using the analytics, but also the analytics are important, but it ended up being that, that personal touch with one of his servers that ended up making the difference in, in how successful she was. Yes, yes. So the example uh, you're talking about is there's one particular server that uh, they, um, uh, the executive looked at the, uh, the baseball card for the server, and it turned out that this server sold um, significantly less wine by the bottle than than uh, her peers. And when the manager approached 
the server, it turned out that the server actually was afraid of opening up a bottle of wine. And that was uh, a revelation. So what they did was, with because of the data, they're able to pinpoint the training, train on the steps of opening a bottle of wine. Yeah. And um, as a result, the very next shift, the wine sales uh, increased fairly uh, exponentially. And so not only did the server make more money, yeah. the restaurant made more money, and the guests got a better um, experience because um, they were able to see really the entire wine program. I mean, part of this is obviously because the the restaurant industry is something where you know the margins are fairly tight to begin with. So anywhere that 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 a restaurant or a group of restaurants can make sure that they are maximizing their their profit, that they have to think of that way in this day and age. Can I tell you? I could I couldn't agree with you more. You know, one other example I'll just point out is if you look at um, um, you know most industries out there. They're looking at each of their uh, their products and their margins and all the rest. Um, but it's really historically been difficult to get access to the data. And I'll just give you one uh, other practical example is that, look, if you have a restaurant that has uh, serving breakfast, lunch, you know, people want orange juice or, uh, or coffee. Right. And so what we've seen in the data is that if um, people are ordering coffee or orange juice, percent of the time, but you have one server only 10 percent of the time, then all you need to do is see it in the data. And as a result, you're able to um, really get um, $10,000 more just by really identifying that, hey, one server is at 10 percent um, item per cover and the others are 80 percent. And yeah. with training, because look, people want orange juice or uh, coffee and so that's sure. like 100 percent uh, margin item. You talk uh, in the book uh, and in some of the uh, other pieces that I've seen about you about the fact that I guess you've been a fan of the restaurant industry for quite some time. So uh, kind of going into this realm and and bringing software like this to the restaurant industry w- was probably a, a natural path for you, correct? It was. Look, I fell in love with the hospitality industry as a teenager, actually um, not uh, far away from uh, from Wharton's campus in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, and was a busboy, learned an important lesson. My general managers, you just need to exceed guest expectations. Right. And so that really was my initial you know, love for hospitality. But I also love numbers. So uh, actually, um, another big school, Sal University, got a finance degree, Went, went to work on Wall Street, um, then went to Harvard Business School, got yeah. back into restaurants. And what I saw was when I would uh, ask simple questions to my chefs and managers, like who your top servers, why your food costs go up, why your labor costs go up, they, they basically had blank stares and wrong answers. Yeah. And these are fundamental business questions for profitability. And so what I did was put together a team of technologists, um, and restaurant tours yeah. to really um, to create Avero, and to start from my studio apartment, and uh, with a great team, we built it to ten thousand restaurants in seventy countries. Let, let me guess: a teenager in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. I'm going to guess that that probably had to be either at or near the Cherry Hill Mall. 
Absolutely. (laughs) For people that are listening to us around the country, Cherry Hill has got one of the largest malls in this area, and there are so many things there. So I, you know, it was a wild stab in the dark. So you you knew where I was going. Yeah, I'm from Haddonfield, New Jersey. uh, Yeah, you know, which is just a neighboring town. Yep. So, and and that's what you just uh, talked about a second ago was very interesting because this was a bringing together of code writers and chefs, restaurateurs, and bringing them together to try and understand what actually needed to be put together to bring a software together that would be able to maximize this. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a funny story because when I recruited a chef, a sommelier, a restaurant manager, and these three techies, the techies said to me, why would you ever hire restaurant people? They don't know anything about building code. And the restaurateur said to me, why'd you hire these geeks? What do they know yeah. about restaurants? Yeah. And I just said, restaurateurs, please be nice to the techies. And techies, you, please don't build anything without consulting and getting input of restaurants. Otherwise, the software won't be easy to use. And then the funny thing happened is that the restaurateurs became computer savvy. And my techies started eating foie gras and drinking nice wine. <laughs> Boy, that's <laughs> and a, that became the culture of the company. That is a shift, to say the least. Uh, it, it, we've talked a, a lot about a variety of different industries, and I, I wanted you to take a minute to to look at the at the restaurant industry about this. Uh, the level of innovation that that is in the restaurant industry right now. What are some of the things that, as people are going out to their favorite restaurants, that they may not see, but they understand that it's probably making a difference. Because one thing we have talked about on this show about the restaurant industry is that the experience starts from the the moment that front door opens, and that doesn't stop until that person heads out the door, and maybe even a little bit past that. Look, I think that there's never been a more exciting time to be a consumer in this space. If you're a foodie, it is just incredible because you can get great food everywhere. I mean, look, you now can even get great food at Terminal C at Newark Airport. You can get a lobster roll on the traffic island in the middle of Manhattan. Jeez, you can even go on your smartphone um, and get the food on demand. Yeah. I mean, so when you think about it, the highest quality ingredients in the most casual setting is a real big trend that we see you know, throughout the country. At the same token, it's, a, it's, um, it's an exciting time to be a restaurateur, but it also can be um, a challenging one and even a dangerous one when you've got competition is high, food costs, labor costs um, are high. And so the role of technology is absolutely critical to optimize each of those guest experience. Um, you know, and uh, really, you know, so you can be profitable and the guests want to uh, to come back uh, to uh, to the restaurant. Damian Magabro is the founder of uh, Vero, which is a uh, restaurant analytics software company. He is the author of the book, The Underground Culinary Tour. Your comments are welcome at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. You mentioned that the, the online ordering element, which is obviously something relatively new to the industry the last couple of years. How impactful has that become in a short time? And I say that because one of kind of the common themes about restaurants is trying to build that relationship with the customer and have them loyal so that they will come back. It's a little bit of a different thing when that person's backside is not in the seat instead of when they're ordering it online and maybe picking it up or having it delivered. Yes, it is. I mean, so many of our um, clients uh, at Avero are – 
experiment with many different of the uh, delivery services, uh, whether it's Postmates or Uber Eats. And one of the things that's important is, is to recognize that there'll be some of your guests whose experience is really um, based upon your, um, uh, you know, your experience from your phone and uh, the delivery experience. And so um, understanding that is really important. And, uh, and also the, the menu items, uh, really not all menu items deliver well. And so there has been some adaptation in the menus and even packaging uh, to realize that this is a different uh, guest experience you, um, that's uh, that's happening. You do talk uh, about the fact uh, of of theft and fraud within this uh, industry yeah. and how that is important. And, and I think back to a segment we did a, a few months back about, uh, you know, the whole farm to table push. And there was a, a reporting done by the Tampa Times about places that were saying they were farm to table and they weren't. So there's a variety of different kind of elements that are, that are in play here right now. Yes. Well, one of the things you mentioned about is theft. And uh, I actually have a chapter called under the table in the underground culinary tour. Yeah. And like the movie, catch me if you can starring, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, his character was the thief. Yep. It was always three steps ahead of Tom Hanks's character, the FBI um, uh, Character. Yep. And so what happened is, is that, so look, many businesses have a few bad apples. The restaurant business is no exception. Right. So instead of Tom Hanks, we developed an algorithm to find micro theft. And unlike a human, an algorithm can come through hundreds of thousands of transactions in seconds to find transactional fraud. And I'll give you an example. <clears throat> I went to lunch with a colleague and the algorithm guided to a specific server and we, we uh, had lunch, had a great lunch, paid for lunch, which included the Diet Pepsi. But after the fact, discovered the server actually voided out the Diet Pepsi and applied a mysterious discount that amounted to about $6. And guess who uh, ended up getting the $6? The server. And it turns out that one may say, well, it's $6. But if you look at the data, that amounted to $5,000 a year. That's, that's, that's incredible. It, it, it really is. Well, I mean, what what really has to be done to try and eliminate this to a degree? I guess. I mean, I mean, I'm sure there's an element of it that will always be there. Correct. Look, I think that um, just like in the movie, um, you know, uh, uh, thieves innovate, um, and so look, um, there's a lot of um, you know uh, people, you know, um, you know, get smart and they um, are stealing differently, and it's really we see now micro theft is a big trend. And that's why technology plays such an important role. I mean, this product that we developed is called Avera Loss Prevention, really comes through all of the data and really helps identify this, um, right. you know, quickly. 844 Wharton is the number if you'd like to join in. 844 942 7866 is the number to give us a call. Or if you can't get your phone, you can send us a comment via Twitter, either at BizRadio111 or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. Uh, our guest is Damian Magabro, who is the author of the book, The Underground Culinary Tour. Uh, this actually, is, is the name of the book, actually, as you alluded to, is something that you do. It's almost an immersion that you do with people in the restaurant industry, uh, I guess, primarily in New York City, correct? The underground culinary tour gets its name because I, um, I, I host, along with Alice Elliott, 
a tour, and essentially it uses New York City as a restaurant laboratory to really help restaurant leaders see really a glimpse of the future right. on how people are going to eat. So trends that used to take 15, 20 years <clears throat> excuse me, um, to get to the rest of the country, we now see take 6 to 12 months because of social media and technology. So things are moving so much faster. So the tour is really, um, uh, really, you know, it's again, 15 stops in 25 hours, and it's really to help, um, you know, restaurant leaders really adapt to this next generation of foodies. How do you think that changed, the, the, the time frame of new styles and new flavors moving quicker across the country? How do you think that has impacted the industry in general, and obviously specifically for maybe places in the, in the Midwest or, or portions of the U.S. That, that may not see these changes normally as fast? Well, I, you know, I see that one of the, you know, that I talk about in um, Chapter 10, which is Restaurants of Tomorrow, there's a uh, concept that I discussed. It's called urban disloyalty. And in it, when you open a restaurant, especially in an urban market, but because of social media and food blogs highlight these new openings, foodies are tempted to go to try these new places. Um, at the same token, while that's very exciting for the consumer, for the incumbent restaurant, that means that perhaps the consumer is going to a new place as, a, as at the expense for an incumbent place. And so that's why you know, we see um, these new guard restaurant tours. They're constantly innovating in ingredients, beverage, you know, space, and X Factor. Um, and when they do that, it really gives people really a reason to come back. And so, and you can actually see it in the data <clears throat> as well. We have an Avero index, which is like the Dow Jones industrial average. And, you know, like, so New York was up just 0.7% right. in uh, 2016. Are, are you expecting that we are going to see more and more, uh, and, and you talk a little bit uh, about the, uh, the, the beverage industry in here, we're going to see more and more of, uh, of these craft beer locations that are going to continue to pop up. Seemingly, it feels like you, you can't go a month uh, within a city without a new one uh, popping up. And, and obviously, more different styles of, of restaurants and combinations out there. Well, look, one, one of the big trends that I see is beverage is at the forefront, not an afterthought. So in the old days, restaurateurs would open up a restaurant few weeks before opening, they would call the beverage vendor to get their selections. But today, beverage professional and the chef and the owner work together from the moment the concept's created because the beverage is a differentiator. And many times it really is um, a reason why people go. And I always say, if um, you want to find great food, yeah. go to a place that has a thoughtful beverage program because they're the ones that you know they got the food right. But the opposite isn't always true. And so if uh, any of your listeners are looking for a great uh, restaurant, check out their how thoughtful the beverage program is. I, I was actually going to say, is there any way I can get an invite on the uh, underground culinary tour? Because that sounds like that's, that would be a blast. Yeah, do you know what I would love? I would love someone to organize an underground culinary tour, and I could just be the host. I mean, a guest as opposed to the host. That, that's not <laughs> bad, too. Take, takes a little bit of the angst away from you doing it. Well, I mean, when you when you do these, I mean, what is what is the initial reaction that? And I read, I mean, some of the 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 people that you have on these tours are 
you know, executives from big restaurant chains. What do they come away from doing something like this? Yeah, so I guess one one example is, um, you know, one of the trends that I see is um, uh, the uh, the food halls, and um, I believe that food will be a major real estate anchor tenant um, for for um, you know major real estate you know projects. And on the tour, we highlighted um, a concept called Gartham Market West, and one of the um, the guests of the tour. Um, actually, is now went to back to his um, his own market and saw what he you know what he in New York and he's now translating it into Plano, Texas, and is building a fifty five thousand square foot food hall mm-hmm. uh, based upon you know what he learned on the tour, and uh, that actually Toyota's moving to North America manufacturing facility there, and food is a major component which includes this fifty five thousand square foot. Um, facility, 20 different um, uh, artisanal vendors, brewery, and live music. I guess the interesting thing is is that, I mean, we talk about the food industry here in the United States, but I don't think myself as a host and, and a lot of people don't think of it in general, that there is so much to be garnered and learned from places that are all around the world right now and and the traditions and the food styles and and uh, the flavors that may be in Africa or Australia or you know things that we don't normally think about yeah I think that um, you know this um, the the farm you know table movement is now being applied to pretty much every major um, you know ethnic cuisine and so I look again I don't think there's ever been a better time to be a foodie we are joined on the phone by Damien Magavro, who is the founder of Avero Restaurant Analytics Software Company. Uh, just uh, another minute or so with you, Damien. Uh, with your industry right now, are you at a point where it's almost an, an open door because of the fact that there are so many uh, minds out there that are looking now to incorporate analytics compared to, say, a decade ago? Yeah, I think people are much more open to, um, uh, to data um, because they, I think one of the things is that the the you know software I know Avero is it's it's very simple uh, to use, but I also think people realize is that the um, the pressures and uh, with competition and prime costs, which are your food, beverage, and labor costs, um, there's really you need to find a way to uh, really um, um, to use the data to better you know for better scheduling for better procurement yeah. and really understanding your trends. Well, um, is really critical. Well, with the with the with the hiring trends and and obviously another thing is uh, the push uh, in many cities for fifteen dollars an hour as a minimum wage. You know, the, there are a lot of uh, topics that are really in play here with a lot of restaurateurs across the country. Look, let me tell you, I time ever nineteen states are raising their minimum wage in two thousand seventeen. Just think about that. Yeah. 19 states. So labor costs are going up. So what that means is how do you deploy this more expensive resource? A more important um, challenge. So if you, you really need to understand and use technology really as a competitive advantage to make sure you're scheduling people at the right time. So yeah. how are you scheduling when it's a rainy Tuesday, um, when rain's in the forecast, or what happens – when you um, when a certain conventions in town, um, again by 
really aggregating all this data and really understanding the demand patterns, you're able to really schedule the labor when you need it. And so that's going to help you drive revenue. At the same token, you're going to be able to schedule you know, labor um, you know, when it's um, not as busy, but you, it's going to be much more dynamic. Um, and, and it has to be because the cost of labor is going up. So you have to be much more strategic about how you're scheduling it. Great to have you, Damon. It's, it's a fantastic book. Thank you very much for giving us your time today. Dan, thank you for having me. Thank you. Damian McGavro, uh, the founder of Avero. The book, by the way, as we mentioned, just out this week called The Underground Culinary Tour, how the new metrics of today's top restaurants are transforming how America eats. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.